Welcome to The Shift Show with Adriana Bucci. Join me every week to learn all about narcissistic abuse recovery, healing from physical and emotional pain after the abuse, and everything else to do with toxic people and how they affect your physical, emotional, and mental health. And no, you are not the crazy one. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Let's get right to it. Welcome to episode number 22 of The Shift Show. This episode is an Instagram live that I did on my Instagram page. If you are not following me, you totally should. It's at let's get your shift together, all one word. I do show up live every now and again to, you know, provide some nuggets of wisdom. And this particular live was all about how to start trusting yourself to be in a healthy relationship after narcissistic abuse. This is totally something that, you know, every, you know, I get so many questions about this. Um, A lot of my clients struggle with this. And at the end of the day, it's all about reconnecting to yourself and rediscovering yourself. So I go through it in great detail in this live. It's approximately an hour long and, uh, you know, lots of knowledge bombs, lots of truth bombs. And I hope that this is helpful. And I will add some links on how you can work with me in the description of this podcast recording. Um, You know, I offer one-on-one coaching. I have a new program coming up in September that, you know, you could apply today to save some money on that. I also have a course called Transform Your Pain. There are payment plans for that as well. It's a self-paced digital course. You don't have to talk to anybody. There's no live coaching with it. It's just all at your own pace. And there's my book, which is called How to Get Started on Getting Your Shift Together. All of these resources will be super helpful. And as always, one-on-one coaching is always available as well. And, you know, it's just, it's great to have someone guide you along the way of your healing journey, you know, keep you accountable for doing the work and give you that feedback that you need. Like, we don't realize how important having feedback is on our healing journey until we actually receive feedback from somebody that we are trusting to help guide us on our healing journey. So if that's something that you're interested in, um, I would definitely encourage you to sign up for one-on-one coaching. And also to let you know, there is a discount on my coaching for the month of August. It is my birthday month. So I kind of figured, you know what? A gift to myself would be the ability to help more people and make coaching more accessible to people. So not only have I slightly lowered my prices, but I also have a coupon code. It's SHIFT, S-H-I-F-T, all caps. And you just put that code in the checkout page when you sign up for any one-on-one coaching with me and you instantly save 15%. And there is no limit to how many times you can use this code in the month of August. It does expire at midnight, August 31st. Um, But yeah, it is up and running. You can use it as many times as you like. It also applies to my coaching packages. So feel free to make use of that while it is there. It will probably never be this inexpensive to work with me in the future. So definitely take advantage of it now while it's here for the entire month of August. Now, without further ado, let's get right into my live stream from Instagram. There's also a section at the end where I briefly answer questions. Um, It's very brief just because I ran out of time, but 
you know, it's all there. And then if there's anything that you guys want me to go live about in on Instagram or as a podcast episode in general, feel free to shoot me an email at let's get your shift together at gmail.com. Definitely, definitely willing to answer your questions and provide support as best I can. And as always, specific support, you know, that's something that you might want to work with someone on as well. So here we go. Let's get right into the recording here. Number one on how to start trusting yourself after being with a narcissist so that you can be in a healthy relationship is awareness. Awareness is like the number one in anything. Anything that you want to change, anything that you want to work on, you have to be aware of what it is that you're working on or changing or bringing into your life or whatever it is, right? So just be aware that, yeah, you were narcissistically abused. So maybe you broke up with this person recently or a while ago, um, but regardless, you just really don't know how to trust yourself to pick a good person for your next relationship. And there could probably be a lot of fear behind that. So, you know, maybe you're scared to find somebody and then it's just going to be that whole cycle of shit again with narcissistic abuse and you really don't want that and obviously nobody wants that right so just be aware of that right it's not like it's not bad it just is it just is what it is this is how you're feeling this is how you're thinking and that's just that's it and it's normal to feel that way and it's normal to think that way and it's normal to you know have these self-sabotaging thoughts of like well, shit, like I didn't get it right the first however many relationships it's been, am I doomed for life, right? And it's totally normal and okay to have these types of thoughts and feelings and emotions and just allow them to be there and just be aware of them. And, you know, if it's if this is coming up after a particular relationship, like let's say it's your most recent, recent relationship, um, Notice if there have been any patterns in previous relationships as well, right? So has this pattern played out before? Have you been in this type of relationship before? Have all of your exes kind of, you know, put you through this thing and now you're starting to think that you're either crazy or losing your mind or just not fit to be in a relationship yourself? And, you know, chances are that if you don't trust yourself for something new, you haven't you have seen this pattern over and over in previous relationships and you've maybe even seen this pattern in like your family of origin. So there's a huge link there between being raised by narcissistic or emotionally unavailable parents and narcissistic abuse in your relationships when you are an adult. An adult. So awareness is number one. So think about your previous relationships, right? Like, do you have this narrative in your head of like, well, I know how to pick them. And the truth is you don't know how to pick them. And, you know, were your previous relationships also toxic? Did they end badly? Did you notice that pattern? So the very noticeable pattern of narcissistic abuse is the love bombing stage. So the very beginning. So I think it's called idealize, devalue, and discard. So that's the idealized phase is when they start love bombing you, you're the most amazing person, your soulmates, you're amazing. The devalue is when the mask starts to come off and the discard is basically the end of the relationship where you're no longer useful for the narcissist. So I'm gonna go through what these signs look like just so we're all aware, cause that's important, awareness is key. And make sure you're aware of these signs so that you can know the next time you meet somebody what to look out for, especially in the beginning stages. This is gonna be number one, right? So 
and then we'll get into like how you heal and all that and how you start to trust yourself and deal with the emotions behind that so we'll just start with the facts first so the beginning stage beginning idealization love bombing the soulmate stage the win you over stage whatever you want to call it this is the beginning of the relationship with the narcissist and i like calling it relationship because it is shit it is just such a shitty type of relationship to be in so they're going to start love bombing you they are going to say whatever it takes to hook you in you're going to go out for a great really nice expensive extravagant dinners they might get you flowers every week they might give you gifts every now and again like grand gestures just all these things that they can do at the beginning to hook you in and it's gonna feel like a whirlwind and you know you're gonna have these feelings of like wow no one's ever been this nice to me before like this is amazing i really like this i feel so special and you know they're gonna be talking about how you're their soulmate and you guys are meant to be together your twin flames and you know all that kind of stuff they know they just know that you're the one and maybe they want to move in together very quickly in the relationship maybe they want to get married right away maybe they want to have kids with you right away like just they come on very strong and very fast and they do this quickly for the purpose of hooking you in as quickly as possible because the mask cannot stay on very long so you might have a lot of things in common too they might have the same interests as you and they might enjoy the same music and movies and humor and stuff like that that you also enjoy and they'll like make this part of the love bombing where it's like oh wow we have this in common look i got you this cake with a picture of the funny scene from a movie right like it could just be anything like that and you know you you you'll feel grateful for even being worthy of their attention right like they make you feel kind of so grateful that they're giving you attention that they're being amazing to you and you start feeling like oh wow finally somebody sees me and actually appreciates me and for who i am and what i like and they have the same interests and like this is so perfect and that's totally normal to feel that way at the beginning of a narcissistic relationship and there's also a chance that you may have had relationships like this before and maybe you have your guard up at the beginning of a narcissistic relationship and they do whatever it takes to break down those walls so that you can be hooked right and you allow that to happen and that's okay because you you trust them you know we generally believe that people are good natured right so basically as soon as you get hooked as soon as you start you know having like a lot of the times the way it happens is like you have your guard up and maybe your intuition saying like uh i don't know about this person and then you know they're persistent they they try they try they try they keep you know hooking you in and doing grand gestures for you in order to get you hooked and that's when your walls start to come down right but that initial resistance that you had to even associating with this person right like because you know it's kind of weird when someone does come on very strongly that resistance was your intuition but if you are used to being narcissistically abused you're used to not really listening to your intuition because your intuition is kind of subtle and anxiety and all that kind of stuff is louder than your intuition so it's very easy to not listen to what you know is right so just be aware of that so once you give them what they want right you give them yourself your relationship your whatever you move in with them um 
you decide to be exclusive with them, whatever it is, right? They get that supply from you. That's when the mask starts coming off. And this is when you go into the middle stage of the relationship, which is the, I call it the mask comes off stage, or you know, other people call it the devalue stage or the middle, whatever you wanna call it. Um, I also like to call this the too hard to keep up the charade stage. And this is why the beginning stage, the honeymoon stage does not necessarily last that long, but it's super intense, right? So they purposely are super intense with you with the love bombing and all that to get you hooked as soon as possible because it is really hard to keep this mask on. And when the mask starts to come off, you start to see the real them, but you're so hooked. You're so like under their spell. Cause like, it's almost like they cast a spell on you where, you know, you're just like so infatuated and enamored and you might even be in love with them at this point, even though it's like super early into the relationship. And this is when the mask literally starts to come off and you know, maybe you very quickly started catching feelings for this person. And that's the whole point of the narcissist game. And this is this is why they do it strategically like this, where, you know, they, it, it just, it, it's so strategic, like it's so manipulative that it's like they, they hook you in, they get you hooked, and then shit starts getting real. They start really showing you who they are. And it's like, they don't come with this warning like I put it in a post the other day that no narcissist comes with a warning tattooed on their forehead that says I'm about to fuck up your life in ways that you would never imagine, right? Because if they did, you wouldn't bother getting involved with them. So this is where having that self-trust comes into play. And you know, like they, when this mask starts coming off, you might start noticing like little things. So maybe at the beginning, they had all these grand gestures that they did for you. They started to, like they took you out for really nice dinners and then maybe that stops, right? And then you ask them like, oh, why aren't we going out for dinner today? Cause you know, we just did that last week. So what's going on? Like, why did things change? They might turn it into, they might turn it on to you and say, oh, do you think I'm made out of money? We can't afford to go out to dinner all the time. And it's like, okay, well that's, that's reasonable. But like, we never had this conversation about the fact that like, you can't afford to do this anymore. So it's like, you, you kind of expect that the grand gestures are going to continue um you know or they maybe they sent you flowers once a week for whatever reason and that suddenly stops and then they start telling you that your expectations are too high or you're too you're too demanding but like they're the ones who put this expectation onto you and just like the there's just so many inconsistencies with the devalue stage and they start to gaslight you and pick fights with you. And you know, there's just a total lack of consistency. So at the very beginning of the relationship, there was a ton of consistency, but they can't do that. They can't do that. It's just, it's when you're giving them the supply that they want, where they kind of will have that consistency. And you know, maybe you had some boundaries that you didn't know you even had, and those boundaries start to get pushed away or disregarded by the narcissist. So it's just, it starts off very subtly and you're so infatuated by them that you kind of don't start catching it right away and you do start blaming yourself agreeing that okay maybe it is my fault whatever eventually this can go back and forth for a while so you can go back from like the beginning love bombing stage to the devalue stage if you know they they try to repeat this cycle of abuse so they might be sorry um, they might start to do things that they did in the beginning of the relationship again to to rehook you in if they feel you starting to slip away, right? And this can go back and forth for 
however long, however long it is that you're with this person. So, you know, maybe it's like a couple of months that you're with this narcissistic person. Maybe it's a couple of years and this cycle just keeps going on and on. And at some point it might stop making sense to you, right? Because at some point you know that something's not right, right? And, you know, they'll start throwing things in your face again, making you wrong for stupid reasons. Maybe they don't even have the same interests as you anymore, right? So maybe you bonded over having the same favorite movie at the beginning and then all of a sudden they think that that's a stupid movie. So it's just super confusing and they'll throw stuff in your face and then you start thinking that maybe you're the one who's abusive because they're pointing out this stuff to you. So it's like when you tell them, you react to their abuse, right? Like they're if they're yelling at you, disrespecting at you, being horrible to you, not making sense, not being consistent and you start calling them out on it because you should, right? Like if something doesn't make sense, you want to ask questions. And they start telling you that you're the abusive one, you're the one who's asking questions, you're the one who's overreacting, you're the one who's being too sensitive, that's a huge red flag in itself. And this is fucking confusing. And the things that they do to win you over feel really, really good, right? So you want that high, it is like a high, it's like a drug. You want that love from that person, that affection, that attention. And then when they start devaluing you, it feels absolutely horrible, right? Like it feels like a punch to the gut. And all you want is that beginning stage of the relationship again. And the narcissist knows that. And everybody wants to feel special. And the narcissist knows how to make you feel special, especially at the beginning or when they're going back and forth to that beginning stage to continue that cycle of abuse. And all you remember is the beginning because of how intense it was. And that's t totally normal. And you're willing to literally overlook all of the shit in order to get back to the beginning stages of the relationship where you were seen, you were heard, they, you know, they gave you all the attention that you wanted and they'll, they'll give you little glimpses of that. And then they go back to devaluing you and gaslighting you and manipulating you and it stops making any sense at all. So then you get to the discard phase. So they discard you as soon as they determine that you're not going to be able to give them supply anymore and the mask will stay off and they'll become a complete asshole because they don't have to work anymore to get you to stay around um and this happens for a few reasons so you know usually it'll happen if you start noticing <laughs> the pattern if you're on to them if you start to figure them out and they know it and they start losing control over you right so at the beginning right? The first couple of times this cycle happens, it might be easy for them to get the supply from you back because, you know, you start believing them that, you know, maybe, maybe you're the one that's wrong and it's not them. And okay, like I'll work on this, whatever. And then eventually it turns into, okay, like how much more do I have to work on this to be good enough? Like, how am I never good enough for this person? And, you know, you start asking questions, you start really figuring it out and, this is when they start to notice that, okay, maybe I need to look for other supply. So they'll go behind your back and secure a new supply, right? Like they, they don't give a fuck. Like they don't give a flying fuck about you, how you feel, your emotions, the fact that you're a human and not an object. Like they literally treat people like objects to get their supply. So as soon as you stop obeying them, as soon as you stop allowing them to control you, they're going to find somebody else to target and you know 
if you're asking them too many questions and calling them out, they're gonna try and find a new target if you're not believing them anymore that you're the problem. So this is really painful to go through because it's it sucks. Like nobody wants to be discarded like that. And then it's like, okay, well, how can they just throw out like however many years that you guys were together over, what, you don't even know what, right? Because it just, it doesn't make any sense. So there's important things for you to understand once you've gone through these stages, if you're in the discard phase right now. Number one, it was not your fault, right? Like you did not have a sign on your forehead that said, please abuse me, please emotionally abuse me, please try your tricks and use me as an object for your supply. Like this is what I want. Like nobody chooses to be abused. And anyone who says that, you know, it's because you're in a low vibration or it's your fault or whatever, like just don't listen to that. It's bullshit. It's nobody, nobody makes a choice. Nobody asks for abuse, right? Just like any any like no one asks to be murdered right so you didn't ask to be emotionally abused and it's it's literally all that person's choice to be abusive okay so important things to understand not your fault first of all first of all the most important thing it is not your fault and the other thing to understand is that narcissists do not see you as a human being with needs like they just they don't give a fuck they don't um, they only want what they want, which is supply, right? Narcissistic supply is your emotional reaction. So however it is that you're reacting to them, they want that. So if you're losing your shit because they're devaluing you and being horrible, that's supply. Even though that's negative attention, that is supply and that's fucked up, right? Like it just, it doesn't make any sense. Um... And they think that you should basically be their supply servant at all times. And they they kind of want you to be like an emotional slave to them. And like, that's not, that's not how the world works. And another extremely important thing to understand is that you cannot make sense out of this at all. It's fucked. It doesn't make any sense. Don't waste your time trying to understand why they are like this or trying to fix them or hold out hope that they're going to change or hope that they're going to like be accountable for the abuse that they've put you through. They're not going to. They don't care, right? They they might do a smear campaign on you and talk shit about you behind your back and the thing to understand about that is also that like whoever is hearing these things about you, the people who are your people are going to figure it out, right? And the people who are not your people do not need to be your people. Like it's, you don't need them. So this is where the awareness and healing comes in. So once you're aware of all the signs of how a narcissistic relationship goes through, right? You have to kind of do an inventory of that relationship plus previous relationships to see if there was a pattern, right? And kind of compare notes of the beginning stages of the relationship, right? Like think back to the beginning of these relationships and try and remember if there was any kind of like resistance that you had at the very beginning of being with this person, right? That was your intuition. Just be aware of this. Don't beat yourself up that you didn't listen to your intuition because again, when you're in fight or flight mode, when you're just like in the cycle of abuse, you cannot hear your intuition your anxiety is going to be louder your you know whatever they're saying to you to try and like manipulate you is going to be a lot louder than your intuition so just be aware of that be aware of that it's and it's okay right like beating yourself up for it is not going to help you because you don't know what you don't know you you don't 
you don't know it and that's okay but now that you know if you're here if you're watching this video now you're starting to become aware and that's like a huge step like just watching this live stream is you doing the work because you're trying to make yourself aware of stuff and you want to figure out how to trust yourself in order to get into a healthy relationship so you know when you're aware of the red flags it makes things so much easier that you didn't know at the time and chances are that if you've had this cycle repeat over and over and over now whatever the most recent relationship is that you're noticing this pattern that's the catalyst for you okay that is when you're becoming aware that like this isn't normal this isn't okay and you were probably blind to that cycle in previous relationships because otherwise you would have stopped it right there right so another reason to just not beat yourself up and enjoy time to yourself like allow yourself to be single because you know if you've been like serial monogamy relationship after relationship after relationship and it's just like the same thing over and over and over and over again that's a sign that maybe it's time to take some time to yourself, right? Maybe it's time to figure out who you are without having that other person there, like mirroring stuff back at you. So it's important to also ask yourself some questions, right? What draws you to this love bombing personality at the beginning stage of a relationship, right? Is it do you have like this need to be seen, to be loved, which we all do, right? But like, just be hyper aware of that and understand your family of origin. Understand if there's any similar dynamics with like the devaluing stage, the manipulation, the gaslighting, because the brain likes what's familiar, okay? So when you've, if you've been raised by narcissists, okay? Or if there's toxic people in your family and this is what you know from birth from in the womb from childhood that is what you know and you can't blame yourself for not knowing different okay so just be aware of that it doesn't mean you're gonna fix your life overnight right just just things to ask yourself things to understand and if there was a similar dynamic in your family of origin that's important to understand as well right like for me i had no idea that my family of origin was completely fucked until i was breaking up with yet another narcissist right so this happened i'll tell you a little bit of my story <laughs> so it was 2014 where like the very beginning of 2014 i was breaking up with another guy who had very similar you know, the, the relationship kind of played out very similarly to my previous relationships. So that love bombing stage was like ever present. And if anything, this one love bombed me even more, right? And this one, I think just the fact that this one was even more intense and one of the shortest relationships I've ever had, but the intensity of the love bombing stage just really ignited my confusion to the point where I actually had to Google his behavior. So at this point shit wasn't making any sense and I was starting to wonder like okay what's wrong with me like what is my problem so I did a bunch of googling I went down the freaking rabbit hole it was like I spent weeks in this rabbit hole like it was uh very very eye-opening to me because I had never I mean I heard the word narcissist before but I literally thought it was somebody who likes to look at themselves in the mirror like you know I thought it was somebody who's vain right and like 
you know, I always had an interest in hair and makeup when I was a kid, so I thought maybe I was a narcissist because I had an interest in my appearance, right? And like, that's kind of like what my mother had taught me because she was a hairdresser. She was very into her appearance and always looking put together. So I just figured like, that's the definition of a narcissist and that's it, right? No, it's not, it's not. It's actually more insidious than that. And like, you can be a vain person who gives a fuck about what they look like and still be a good person, right? Like that has nothing to do with anything. It has nothing to do with your character. It's just something you prioritize and that's that's okay, right? Like if that's something that you think is fun, like that's cool. So this rabbit hole led me to a page about narcissistic mothers. And that was extremely eye-opening for me. Um, so like when you get to the point where you're like actually Googling someone's behavior, like that's a fucking red flag. <laughs> so just be aware of that. Um, and it's not like, you know, like I blamed myself for like the previous relationships, but like whatever it was in this particular relationship, maybe I was a bit older at this time. Maybe I had a little more maturity. I don't know what it was, but, or maybe it was just the fact that he was so intense and the relationship started so quickly and ended just as quickly and intensely as the beginning stage. So that's what led me down this initial Google rabbit hole. And then, yeah, I found something about narcissistic mothers, found a checklist. I found like 10 different checklists. And like, this is the thing with checklists. They're so confusing that, you know, cause it's all somebody's perspective, right? So whoever's writing that checklist, it's like their own experience. So if like, if I give you my experience with my checklist on like what happened, it could be different from you. And then the thing is, if like you only have like three out of 10 things on that checklist, but like there's another checklist where it's like 10 out of 10 things, you might start thinking like, okay, maybe they're not a narcissist and maybe it is me. And that that's the thing. Like, that's something I want you to understand that like, no, no. Like if you're actually at the stage where you are Googling behavior, you're trying to figure out like what is going on here, the signs still apply to you, right? And it doesn't matter if like a few of the signs are not on like that particular checklist that you read, that's okay. It just means that like that's their experience, right? At the end of the day, were you emotionally abused? Were you made to feel less than? Were you confused as all fuck in your relationship? If the answer to any of that is yes, then yeah, you were probably narcissistically abused. And if it wasn't narcissistic abuse, it's still wrong, right? Like, let's just whatever like it is like you can call it whatever you want and you know I think the word narcissist is not a bad word I think we need to use it more because this affects so many people and it's not a buzzword it's just it, it's fucking happening to so many people and the more of us that are aware of it the more of us that understand these dynamics the more that like we can stop repeating this pattern of shit <laughs> like really um so yeah just be aware right and then the healing is the next step so here's the thing you don't have to be this completely healed unicorn in order to find somebody okay but it is a great idea to take time for yourself so I'm not gonna give you a timeline I took about a year to myself before like it was like 10 months before I met my husband um, and I didn't really want to take any relationships seriously right um, so it's important to get into that headspace and into this headspace of like, it doesn't matter if I find someone or not, right? But that can take doing the work, but it can also take being so fucking traumatized from that narcissistic relationship that, you know, you would just rather be on your own than so unhappy and so confused and just having your entire world bamboozled from your from yourself, right? So 
It's important to understand that narcissistic abuse takes you away from your intuition. It's important to reconnect with your intuition. Doing the emotional work is going to help you with this. It's super important to do the emotional work, right? For me, I didn't really do the emotional work until like years later when I was in chronic pain. Um, so it's important to understand that if you do have repressed emotions, it's gonna manifest physically or in some other way, right? It could be like ruminating thoughts, anxiety, chronic pain, um, mystery symptoms, right? Like whatever it is, if you've been to your doctor, they determined it's not like this life-threatening condition, then it's probably a mind-body manifestation and emotions don't go anywhere when we don't express them. So that's important to understand. So doing the work is going to entail you like feeling your emotions that you've not allowed yourself to feel. And that can be really fucking scary. So, you know, baby steps. It's important to do baby steps and allow yourself to do something. So journaling is huge. I always talk about journaling. If there's anything that you do <laughs> journal because that's going to be a big deal for you so like just literally and when I say journal I mean rage journaling it's not like dear diary let's document what happened today it's you have no filter you grab a scrap piece of paper it doesn't have to look pretty because you're destroying it after anyways and literally just write with no sensor with no filter and go for 20 minutes set a timer for 20 minutes as soon as that timer is up rip the paper up do this every day every single day twice a day if you can honestly if you do it twice a day you're going to notice results a lot faster you're going to notice like a calm like a peace in your mind body system just do it <laughs> and there's a lot of resistance towards doing it and that's totally fine because the resistance you feel is your fear towards your own emotions because if you've been repressing your emotions since your childhood like i was you have this belief right it's an unconscious belief that if i feel an emotion i'm gonna die okay and that happens because when you're a kid and you've had your emotions denied by the adults in your life for whatever reason right especially especially if you've been raised by a narcissist right like this denial of your emotions has happened absolutely um you your brain as a child creates this thing like this belief of like Okay, my feelings were just denied by this adult in my life that I care about, that I depend on for my own survival. And they've told me that either directly or indirectly that it's not okay to feel. So I'm just gonna not feel because I might die if I don't receive love from these adults in my life, right? And that belief is unconscious and it does not go away. It's not gonna magically go away just because you're an adult. It's not like you turn 18 and it's like these beliefs just become adult beliefs, right? It doesn't work that way. It's just like this cycle just repeats in your mind. Well, unconsciously in your whatever you wanna call it, your subconscious mind, obviously, duh, oh my gosh. <laughs> and this is going to persist throughout your life until you do something about it, right? So journaling is gonna help you do something about it. There's other ways that, you know, we can go about it, but journaling, just start with that. Um, don't deny how you feel. If you are still upset that this happened to you, and maybe this happened to you a few years ago, right? But you didn't allow yourself to feel upset about it a few years ago, where does that upset go? It just stays in your body, right? So if that comes up while you're journaling, while you're doing this like self-reflection, allow it, allow it, don't deny how you feel right? Because the feelings come up in order to come out. So if you feel like you need to cry about it, that's okay, right? It's, it's, you're getting triggered in order to release 
right? It's not like you're getting triggered and that means you're gonna die, right? That's the thing with triggers, they're not bad. They're not bad, it's just, it's uncomfortable as fuck, but they're not horrible. <laughs> it's not a horrible thing. It's just, it's literally like your mind-body system is reacting in order for an emotion that's been repressed to come out of your body because they just get stored in your body and then again you end up with pain or mystery symptoms or whatever um so as you do the work you know you can seek support right like it's a great idea to seek support on doing this kind of work right because that's if you have someone keeping you accountable right if you have somebody who's there who is confirming that you're doing the work right right so you're not like gaslighting yourself so that you're doing it at a good pace that you're not like re-traumatizing yourself or you're not going too slowly like it's so valuable to have somebody there and this is why i'm a coach okay like i've been through this i know exactly you know how it feels to be discarded by a narcissist to be discarded by your family of origin I get it and I suffered physically for it. Like I literally had physical chronic pain. I had migraines, I had TMJ dysfunction. Trigeminal neuralgia brought me to my damn knees like where I just couldn't take it anymore and I didn't really wanna live for the next 10 years. So it's important to allow yourself to feel those emotions so you don't end up with all this repressed crap. And you know, my own healing journey is what basically inspired me to do the work that I'm doing now. So if this resonates with you and you want support, definitely book something with me. Um, I'm actually offering 15% off for the month of August. So you can just go to the link in my bio, use code coupon code shift when you book a one-on-one -on -one session with me or um, package and you'll save 15% and you know it's it's super valuable to just have that one-on-one -on -one support as you go through this work right you can do it on your own you totally can but you know if you want that one-on-one -on -one support it exists it's there it's out there there's free support groups out there too um there's less expensive resources out there too i have a book it's only seven dollars that guides you step by step on how to do the work that can be found at the link in my bio as well so you know there's options I also have a course um, with payment plans so that's called um, transform your pain so it's all about the mind-body connection and healing from narcissistic abuse so that's another option and it's self-paced digital course you do it at your own pace you don't have to talk to anybody and it's great but you know the point is just do the work do something or you know just journal for free join some support groups online whatever works for you the point is you got to rediscover yourself and your boundaries and what you need from a relationship and take your time right baby steps you're not going to solve your life overnight you're not i know you want to i wanted to we all wanted to everybody who's done the healing work has wished that it didn't take that long but the truth is is you have to take baby steps because if you take giant leaps on your healing journey you're gonna freaking re-traumatize yourself right you're gonna like not have a concept of who you are so you you got to do this in baby steps and like one little baby step a day even if it's just journaling once a day that is huge being present for this live stream is another baby step right like following pages like mine is a baby step right like you're just you're getting this knowledge and like that's amazing and Another thing is to just not rush into getting into another relationship, right? Like, I'm just gonna say this, like, fuck society and what they say about being married with children by a certain age. Like, it just, it does not matter, okay? And ask yourself, while you do this work, 
like why do you want to be in a relationship okay like why do you think you're getting old right do you think you're not gonna find love because you've reached a certain age like that's not true people find love all the time right like you know I know people who are in their 50s 60s 70s who have found love again like it's there's no age limit right and you know are you afraid of being alone right if you are what why is that right ask yourself these questions this is all part of self-discovery like why are you afraid of being alone what's gonna happen if you're alone are you afraid of yourself right like can you be alone with yourself right if you can't be with yourself how can someone else be with yourself if you want to attract a healthy person into your life so ask yourself these questions allow yourself to process that fear do some journaling about the fear of being alone right like just do it it's all good um it's it's gonna it's gonna lead to self-discovery like i can't tell you why you you're afraid of being alone you have to figure out that on your own right um, but having a coach there to guide you as you do this can help you ask the right questions on why you feel like you need to be in a relationship right and do you feel like you have to be married by a certain age right who's pressuring you is it your inner narrative that's pressuring you to you know have this big extravagant wedding and children and all that is it your toxic family that is pushing you to getting married or whatever like whatever cultural stuff it might be ask yourself these questions and understand that you don't have to follow the life script like the life script is literally you go to school you go to university you get a good job um then you get married you have 2.4 children and a white picket fence like that's not how your life has to go it's not and that's not what everybody wants but i think a lot of people just think that they want that because that's what society tells us we want um but it doesn't have to be true right you can you can take your own path in life um, and then another reason that people feel like they need to get into relationships and get married and all that is maybe they feel like they need to have children as soon as possible, right? And here's the thing. I get it. I get it. Like, women can't have kids past a certain age. I get it, <laughs> right? I'm hyper aware of that, um, you know, but imagine, imagine if you had children with the wrong person. Okay, imagine if you had children with a toxic, narcissistic fuck face. Oh my god, what a shit show would that be? Imagine like the custody shit, okay? So if you don't have children with a narcissist, like, that's amazing, okay? If you do, that's another topic of discussion. <laughs> um, that's like a whole different live that I can go into. Um, I don't have children with a narcissist, but as a child of a narcissist who was alienated from their other parent, I get it. Like it's, it's a fucking shit show and you don't wanna bring children into this mix with an unhealthy person who is committed to misunderstanding you and making you their basically slave for narcissistic supply. So do you want to have that person? Like just imagine your ex, okay? If you have a toxic narcissistic ex, imagine if you had kids with them. Holy shit, right? Is that worth it for the rest of your fucking life, right? Going through custody shit with this person, having to see them, having to be reminded of them, all that kind of stuff. Like, is that worth fucking up your life? Like, is that worth the emotional toll that that's going to take on your life, right? So if that is not something that you want to have children with a narcissist, right? What's a year of healing? What's another year of healing, okay? 
Not that it's going to take you a year, but what what's a little bit of time that you're going to spend on yourself, right? Even if it does take you a full year to heal, right? And here's the thing, the healing journey never ends, right? You you don't have to be healed to get into a relationship with a normal person. But spend time on yourself, okay? Don't go into relationships with this rush of like shit my biological clock is ticking i have to have children right away because you don't <laughs> you don't and that's another topic that i could go on about about like oh like why do we need to have children and all that right um but regardless if that's your main goal like you want to have kids with a good person who's a healthy person who's going to not fuck your children up so just be aware of why you feel like you need to rush to be in a relationship just be aware of it and be honest, be honest about it, right? Like, what are your reasons? Be honest about them. It's okay to want children, right? It's okay to want to have companionship. It's okay to want someone to share your life with. All of that is okay, but just know the whys, right? Like, just know. Um, because sometimes the whys could be like pressure from society or like you feel like you have to do it and you've never actually taken the time to consider like, is this what I actually want in my life? So, it's just an invitation to consider that. And if you don't trust yourself, if you still don't trust yourself, right? Like do the work, do the work. The fact that you don't trust yourself to get into a relationship with somebody who's healthy, it means that, you know, there is repressed emotions there because these repressed emotions, okay. If you don't have, okay. Let me rephrase this. If you don't trust yourself, it means that there is emotional work to do, okay? And like I mentioned earlier, where do these repressed emotions go? They go nowhere. They stay stuck in your body. Like for me, it was chronic pain, okay? So they can totally manifest as pain. They can manifest as anxiety, mystery symptoms, fatigue, your mind racing, etc. Whatever it manifests as, like it could be something that you've gone to the doctor for and they can't find out what's wrong with you, right? So this kind of like bodily discomfort is a manifestation of your repressed emotions. And if you don't deal with your emotions, you do not grow as a person, okay? So you want to grow. Otherwise, why would you be here, <laughs> right? A lot of people don't wanna grow and that's okay, right? Like they can just stay stuck wherever they are and that's cool. They're gonna just figure out when they need to figure it out, right? Narcissists, they don't think they need to grow. They don't think anything's wrong with them. So don't even like, don't even think that like, oh, maybe I can convince the narcissist to grow with me. No, you fucking can't. No, like you just need to cut and run and get the fuck away from the narcissist if you can, okay? If you share children with them, that's another story. That's when you gray rock and whatever. If it's family and like, there's like maybe some legal stuff that you are involved in or like you're the only next of kin, uh, maybe you need to keep like very limited contact with that family member, right? But regardless, like just don't even try to fix a narcissist because you can't, right? I know you want to, <laughs> I wanted to, I get it. It's completely normal, but it's a completely futile exercise and you're better off spending that time and investing that time in yourself because the most important relationship that you will ever have is the relationship with yourself, not the relationship with somebody else, not the relationship with your family. It's the relationship you have with yourself. Like that's the number one relationship that you need to look out for. So releasing these emotions on why you don't trust yourself is going to help you realize that you can trust yourself okay and 
ask yourself these questions like how do you feel about the fact that you don't trust yourself right do you feel ashamed of it do you feel afraid do you feel angry do you feel a combination of these things do you feel other things that's okay right you're not judging how you feel you're acknowledging how you feel and then feel it allow yourself to feel it okay so a lot of the times when people have these emotions and they don't think they're getting anywhere with them because the feeling just doesn't go away chances are you might be resisting it you might be judging yourself as you're feeling it so it's like you know maybe you your last relationship was 10 years ago for example right and you feel like you should be over it by now okay but if you didn't allow yourself to feel the emotions that you had with respect to this relationship 10 years ago that's 10 years worth of emotions that are stuck in your body and these emotions have had nowhere to go so by judging yourself for having an emotion for something that happened 10 years ago you're not going to get your you're not going to get anywhere so you might experience that emotion you might feel it but if as long as you're judging it and making stories about it and making yourself wrong for it it's it's gonna stay stuck in your body okay so just be aware of that and you're not going to be able to allow yourself to fully express that emotion so take the judgment out and if you're still finding yourself judging it find the emotion behind that judgment okay and again journaling the rage journaling that i mentioned is going to be super helpful for figuring out what your emotions are because even if you can't name it that's okay like just it's okay you don't need to name every like the the ego the mind is obsessed with labels like we want a name for everything and that's like that's human nature and it's okay um but try and get to a point where it's like okay like i feel something i don't know what it's called but that's okay and i'm gonna allow myself to feel it and then just feel where it is in your body right because emotions are physical it's energy in motion emotion energy in motion so you're gonna feel it somewhere in your body if it's fear you might feel your heart race you might feel your hands your palms get sweaty right you might feel some sort of sensation on your neck um whatever it is you're gonna feel something in your body when you're experiencing an emotion and judging yourself for it is not going to help okay it's just part of being human so do the work do the work do the work do the work understand why don't you trust yourself ask yourself these questions understand that you have things to unlearn and that that's okay because you've probably learned bullshit growing up and this is why you're continuing this pattern in your adult life with narcissistic people practice self-compassion right understand that you've been through a lot you've been through a traumatic event a relationship with a narcissist is pretty fucking traumatic and give yourself that self-compassion to understand that like okay this is something horrible that happened and i can heal from it it's not like you're doomed for life just because you've been involved with narcissists. You're not doomed for life. You can heal. You just have to understand that and do the work and commit to doing the work. And a lot of the times it's like, how much pain are you in? If you're in not enough pain, right? You're not going to want to do the work. It's human nature because the work's difficult. It's not fun. But once you get to that point where it's like you're done suffering, you're done attracting these types of people into your life, you're gonna wanna do the work. And understand that this wasn't your fault, okay? It's okay to make mistakes as you do the work. And another tip is to date yourself. <laughs> you might have no idea what you want 
out of a relationship and that's okay and that's why it's a great idea to date yourself right like one of my clients told me about this concept of dating yourself and it's just such a good idea it's like take yourself out to dinner if you're not under freaking lockdown anymore <laughs> um you know or cook yourself a meal and like just eat with yourself and like just understand like yourself like get to know yourself get to know what you like what you dislike what your boundaries are because that's important what are your priorities what exactly do you want out of life and is this exactly what you want out of life or are you just following some kind of life script um you know priorities boundaries just get to know yourself on like a deep level because when you know yourself you start trusting yourself but when you've been in this loop of like just being constantly around people distracting yourself from yourself and from your emotions and from whatever you're not going to know who you are and that's okay right it's okay just be aware of that and then there's steps you can take to start learning who the fuck you are and then when you're ready once you've done the, some of the work right you don't have to like fully do the work and like be this healed unicorn right but like take some time to yourself do the work date yourself understand who you are what you want out of life etc and then once you're ready put yourself out there but don't put yourself out there because you're in your late 20s or your 30s or your 40s and like your clock's expiring and it's going to be the end of the world and you're just going to settle for the next person who comes your way and that's it like you know like don't put yourself out there because of that put yourself out there because you're actually ready to find that special someone in your life and you know grow with them okay and go on adventures with them and whatever it is that you want out of a relationship and understand that normal people do exist okay it might feel like they don't it might feel like you're doomed to narcissists because that's all you've ever attracted but once you've actually become aware of the pattern you can actually start like noticing them from a mile away and once you start doing the work like you'll know that normal people do exist because you'll actually start attracting normal people into your life because you know we we attract people based on like our own level of like where we're at in life right so if we haven't done any healing work chances are you know and we're not aware of people and how they behave we can repeat these cycles right so just awareness is huge um and partners who are willing to grow with you they do exist they're out there and wait till you're ready to find them not because you need to you know achieve these goals that society says that you need to achieve by a certain age um and yeah like i said you do not have to be a fully healed person in order to find a good person this is this is gaslighting yourself narcissists put it in your head that you need to be the perfect source of supply for them um like a supply servant and that is their narrative but you might be believing this that you need to be perfect in order to find the perfect person so you don't fuck it up but the thing is like you you can't fuck it up like if you're meant to be with someone you're meant to be with someone if you're not it's not gonna work and if somebody's committed to misunderstanding with misunderstanding you and that's who you've been with for multiple partners um that is a narrative that can be stuck in you that you have to be perfect so doing the work and processing your emotions around this idea that you have to be perfect is going to help you to stop believing that you have to be perfect because you don't have to be perfect at all like normal people understand that people are not perfect okay narcissists don't understand this they expect people to be objects and you know cater to their every need so 
that narrative is something that can be dissolved by doing the work. And you know, date around, okay? Like play the field, have fun, see what's out there, because this is gonna help you learn what you like and don't like either, right? Cause like you, you don't know what you don't know. So, you know, you might go out with one person on like two dates and then you realize like, oh, I really don't like this quality in a partner. So let me just end this here, right? Instead of dragging it on for however long and then next thing you know, you're just like repeating the cycle of shit again. Um, and like, yeah, be hyper aware of the love bombing stage. That is like the biggest, biggest advice that I can give you. The love bombing stage, because that's what happens right at the beginning. And if you've been, because there's situations, a situation I've been in, where you're friends with a narcissist, right? For a couple of years before you start dating, and then you realize they're a narcissist. Um they're going to start love bombing you as well at the beginning of that relationship. So just be hyper aware and be hyper aware that love bombing is not normal. It's not normal at all. Get the fuck out as soon as possible if you start noticing any type of love bombing, right? Like it's one thing to like for like a nice gesture like they, you know, maybe it's your birthday is coming up at the beginning of the relationship and they want to take you up for drinks, right? Like that's a normal, that's normal. <laughs> that's like any normal thing that anyone would do at the beginning of a relationship um but if they're like love bombing you right like there's a difference between being normal and you know doing gifts every now and again for like occasions or whatever but when it's like extravagant and they're love bombing you and you you know it starts to feel like the beginning stages of your previous relationships that's when you know that you need to get the fuck out okay and if you have any type of resistance at the beginning stage of a relationship, pay attention. Pay attention to that re resistance because that could be your intuition. Um, and just understand that if it smells like bullshit, it probably is bullshit, okay? If they tell you that your soulmate's like from like the first or second date or third, like, you know, the first little bit of dating, like that's, that's fucked up, that's not normal. And they're doing this in order to rope you in so that they can start controlling you. And yeah, just be aware of all that. And a few more things to consider. Um, I think this is, yeah, this is my last slide of notes. <laughs> and then I'll go through the whatever questions people have asked, if there's any. Um, so only you can get yourself to trust yourself again, okay? Only you can create that trust. You can work with people to do it, but you know, if you work with me, I can't make you trust yourself. I can give you the tools that you need to work through so that you can start trusting yourself, okay? But you can't go into this thinking like, oh, someone's gonna fix me, because you're not broken. There's nothing to be fixed, right? It's just you have things to unlearn, patterns to unlearn, and emotional work to do so that you can actually understand what it feels like to trust yourself and what it feels like to trust your intuition and to know what your intuition is. Um, doing the emotional work is gonna help you achieve this. So whatever route you take on doing the emotional work, whether that is just journaling, starting with that, right or working with somebody or working with multiple people like that's okay too it's okay to create your own support group like if you want to work with a therapist a counselor a coach a mentor a spiritual advisor a shaman whatever you want to work with all these people at the same time that's okay that is okay there's nothing there's no shame in that because chances are you probably can't fall back on your family to help you work through this right you probably can't go to your friends about this because maybe they have no fucking idea what, what you're going through, okay? Maybe they're toxic themselves. Um, your family just 
you know, chances are they're toxic. If you were raised by narcissists, you want to just not go there, okay? Um, but like, get a support group. There's nothing wrong with having support groups, with having people that have your back. And, you know, these services exist out there. So that is huge, huge. I cannot stress how huge it is to have support. And there's free support out there too. There are groups, there's Facebook groups of people who are in toxic relationships or getting out of them where you guys can all support each other. Um, one thing to be wary of, it could just turn into like a big vent session, but uh, when that's, you're done with the venting, move on, right? You don't have to stay stuck in certain situations just because other people are, right? Ooh, I have two minutes left, this is gonna end. So <laughs> I'm gonna try to get to questions. Uh, healthy relationships are actually kind of boring at the beginning, so just be aware of that. And it's not your fault you, you were abused. You can heal, feel your feelings, grieve the loss of the relationship or previous relationships and don't disqualify your emotions. And most important thing, fuck societal pressure to do stuff by a certain age. So I'm gonna quickly see if there's any questions. Um, it doesn't look like we have much. So until you start reading, you think it's the mirror thing. And then when you start learning about it, you realize the toxic behavior. Yeah, being aware of the toxic behavior is a big deal. Pressure to find someone to get married, to have children. I'm 40.5 years old. That's okay. That's okay, right? Like you don't have to be married by 40 with children. Like that is totally okay. Like I know people who have had children when they were 45. Like it's not a big deal. Um, and like if you're meant to have children, you're meant to have children. If you're not, you're not. Like it just is what it is. It's not just because society says, right? There's other options too. There's adoption. There's other options. But you don't want to have children with somebody who is toxic just for the sake of having children. Like that's not something you need to do. And then I think somebody asked about how to heal from it. So I went through that, um, rewatched this video. This video will be saved in my IGTV. And what is rage journaling? So basically set a timer for 20 minutes, rage journal with no sensor, no filter for 20 minutes. As soon as that timer's up, you destroy that paper and you do that twice a day, every day and see where that takes you. That is rage journaling. It's gonna help you so much. Um, I gotta go cause my, this little countdown is happening. So I hope this has been helpful. Um, for any support, check out the link in my bio or feel free to DM me to schedule something. All right, I'll see you guys later. Bye.